With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of Insert Name FC, and with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? Episode 41. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, 41, I mean, uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know any player with the name number 41. Maybe it's a youngster from a certain Castilla or Masia or, you know, from, from an academy product, basically. That or, that's her. well, that or just some guy that plays in Italy or Mexico. I mean, think about it. Phil Fawden, I mean, Fawden was 47 before, you know what I'm saying? Like, or he's, he's well, probably going to be like the next you number might, 10. You might, keep, you might keep that number. Keep himself I really humble. don't think keep, so. Keep, keep himself humble. Nah, I don't think <laughs> so, dude. Nah, I'm pretty sure. That dude is far beyond humble. Like, that dude is... That dude, that dude knows what he brings. Uh, he's not he's not the humble one to be exact. You know what I'm saying? Like he he knows the skills he brings. That's so, true. That's true. Yeah. So, but yeah, 41. Let's see. Let, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Well, maybe we can find one later. Probably but, not. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, the summer of soccer has. Well, we already said it started last week, but yeah, um, it started last week. Concacaf, UEFA. Um, yeah, you got well, to- actually, take, uh, take it back. Take, well, take it back. Yeah. CONCACAF is basically done. U.S. is the champions. Um, well, no, CONCACAF is not done because next month is going to be back to it. So, oh, okay. Because we, we also got Gold Cup this, this summer. Right. So, right. So, no, we are not done <laughs> with CONCACAF. Oh, right. right. Um, I'm tripping. Sorry. No, but yeah, so I mean, obviously the summer of soccer and already there's a lot of talk, a lot of things to talk about, but the the thing that just kind of happened re- recently is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo kind of flat out rejected the 
sponsor of the Euros, and that is Coca Cola. <laughs> wow, I don't know. I don't know if you saw that, but basically, in his in his press conference, you know how they have displayed the the beverages. Yeah, um, he ends up taking the two Coke bottles and puts it away, like far away from him, and then brings the bottle of water closer to him, and he basically was saying, "Water's better than Coke." Which, well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, that is actually a good point. It's, it's it's a it's a fair point. I mean, think about it. Would you be drinking Coke while you're playing soccer, or would you be drinking water, or even Gatorade at that point? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's me. That's my opinion. Like, I'd rather be drinking water than than anything else. No, true, true. But I mean, uh, I drink Coke. Well, I mean, no, I'm more of a Dr Pepper guy to be fair. But um, but no, yeah. So Coke. Uh, Hot tea Coke, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I, it's just, I mean, you got to think about it as a, as, as, as a player and as somebody who's basically uh, always conscious about health, which is, you know, what he is. He watches what he eats. He makes sure he's always like basically fine tuned machine. I mean, um, I mean, we all can't be messy and getting fed off of oh, uh, yeah. Pepsi. Pepsi. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's it's a one thing to be able to do that, but it's another one to just you know flat out say no to coke. But he, I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't take it. I guess maybe Coke would probably take it personally. As I mean, like, they are the sponsor of the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> they are the sponsor of the tournament. So at this point in time, do you think that? Um, let's say, let's, for example, let's just say that Portugal wins the UEFA again, you know, like, let's just say they win again. Um, do you think then at that point, Coca-Cola would be like, uh, we need a better, you know, champion, somebody who represents us kind of stuff. And Oh, that's when you go for Joe Felix, you know, Joe Felix drinks Coke. <laughs> yeah. He's a teenager. I mean, I would assume he drinks Coke. <laughs> I don't think diet right now is his top of his list of priorities. Well, I, mean, <laughs> well, uh, I remember, 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 uh, I mean, Remember, he's also he was he's playing with Luis Suarez. Uh, he's playing with a bunch of players that basically I don't think are big on coke. Uh, like I said, let me rephrase. Let me. I mean, I mean, we don't we really I don't know how think, these guys live their lives, I man. Think, I think, but that, that's one thing. Like with Ronaldo, I mean, he, he's always been he's always been like about health and trying to better himself and be that finely tuned machine like he's always saying like uh like that like even he said it himself like about himself like you know you don't put just cheap gas in a ferrari you know you got to make sure it's always it's always ready to race that's very so, true but anyways man so we he, got a very packed show i mean we could probably go on about health and coca-cola and, and all this but let we gotta get, we got a show to, uh, to go ahead and discuss obviously we have our coach our coaching updates and transfer watch to discuss uh, we also have some headlines. Uh, we have our debate topic. And actually, a little bit different, we do have an interview uh, this episode. So it's a really good interview. Uh, great uh, person that we interviewed uh, for this episode. I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's a little bit different from what we normally have on this show, which, to be fair, um, I don't know how different. This show is already different as it is, so I don't think that this. Yeah, but different from what we usually do. His name is Ruben Dominguez. He is the uh, social media manager for the NWSL. So I think it's going to be a great interview. Uh, did play some professional soccer in the third division in Spain. So I think a great, great interview, great guest. So 
Definitely a great interview to have. We're going to have some game recaps, announce our players of the week, previews of games, and of course, wrap things up with a three up, three down, the Euro edition. So, Edward uh, Robo's getting a little angsty, so we're going to go ahead and take a break, and you guys are going to hear ad, and then we'll get going with the show. Bro, where did you get that sick jersey? What, this thing? I got it at Fanatics. Fanatics? Yeah, Fanatics. It is a one-stop shop of all things sports. They sell jerseys, hats, shirts, jackets, and much more. You can go to our bio on Instagram and Twitter at insertnamefc. You'll see our link tree to Fanatics. When you go shop on that link, you will not only be getting some fresh gear, but you'll also be supporting Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. I'm going to go start shopping now. I'm going to go start shopping now. And we are back. Make sure you guys take full advantage of those great partners of ours. Uh, because obviously, one, you're going to help yourself out. And two, you're going to help us out and the Unhinged Sports Network. So make sure you guys do that. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we got some coaching stuff to discuss, Edward. So we'll kick things off with Pep believes Coleman deserves another year. Gives Pep, Pep, the legend himself is giving his stamp of approval for Coleman. I don't know how, that, how you feel about that, Edward. But... Um, um I, I didn't ask this isn't me to ask you this right now, Edward. Uh, <laughs> Wolves to hire Lage. Lazio are, will hire Sari, uh Pastic uh Koglo to coach Celtic, and Tottenham are going to hire Paratici. So right now you can you can go ahead and talk. <laughs> well, I mean with the common deal, I guess maybe, you know, I I don't know. I guess it, especially with um Oh, with let's put it in this with uh, Jordy Cruyff, you know. I mean, just give the guy the fair, give the guy a fair shot before you, you completely reject him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with, with Jordy Cruyff coming on board, maybe they can work something out. Coleman will actually be open to doing. Uh, maybe, maybe like he said, we talked about it. Maybe the 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 old style Barcelona is coming back. You know, coming out of Masia. You know, making the coming out with the products instead of buying expensive players who may or may not help the squad. Exactly. You know, so, so maybe, so maybe one year, let's give it, let's give it that one year trial with new staffing, you know, like maybe new plans. Coming I mean, out. I mean that, and you also got to have to see what Barcelona ends up doing in the transfers as well. Cause that's also something you need to judge Coleman off of. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't give him, I wouldn't give him too much credit for the, the recent one. Obviously it's a, I think maybe his big transfer was Sergino Des. Um, yeah. if, you, if you want to put that, I mean, technically their biggest transfer move was the fact that they got rid of, they literally like paid uh, Luis Suarez to leave. So, I mean, but anyway, yeah. so speaking of transfers, so here what's going on right now with the transfer watch. Chesney plays down Juve exit. Uh, he should probably play that up a little bit more because you're, you're leaving, bro. Uh, Cristiano, yeah. Ronaldo, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo exploring options. Uh, Atletico pr- uh, proposed a Saul Silva swap with Manchester City. That's interesting. I read about that. Yeah, I read about that. Arsenal offering 35 million euros for Neves. Mm. Xhaka could be leaving Arsenal. I hope so. Uh, Barca to sell Coutinho, <laughs> Pjanic, and Umtiti. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a go figure. Yeah. Real Madrid set a 30 million euro price tag for Brahim Diaz. Uh, Nayland Niles, Maitland Niles is ready to kiss Arsenal goodbye. That's heartbreaking. But also, there's all these rumors about right backs with Arsenal, so I mean, it makes kind of sense. Yep. Barcelona are going in for Sterling. That's that's uh, no. that's so another, so this this uh, this one one team race that we thought for Sterling. Apparently, there is actually a race for Raheem Sterling. So that that opened my eyes. 
Uh, speaking of entering races, Chelsea is entering the Holland race. So, uh, oh yeah, R.I.P. to Timo Werner. Um, oh man, Chelsea's also interested in Hakimi. So, <laughs> R.I.P. to every right back on that team, including Aspilicueta. <laughs> well, Aspilicueta has been playing a little bit more uh, defensively. Than he, play, he, he, has, plays, like, he plays right back. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think they'll just. Or you think, or you, think like you put that. Hakimi at the right wing? Well, in that the case, goodbye, goodbye, Christian Pulisic. No, I think what they're going to do is, if anything, they might do the mirror mirroring, where they might put Aspilicueta on the left back, and then Hakimi on the right back. Okay. Um, I don't think I don't think they'll get rid of Aspilicueta uh, that okay. easy. Uh, okay. Like, or, okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> PSG and Barca are interested in Caio Henrique. Uh, Roma is interested in Pelotti. That's actually a pretty good move. Inter mm-hmm. Miami are very optimistic in signing Messi. So, and M- MLS is joining themselves into the messy watch. <laughs> <laughs> Juventus going for Harry Kane. Oh, that's uh, that's that's wow. just going to be not fair. Uh, Paulinho is interested in a Premier League move. Take that for what you want, Paulinho. That's the guy that plays at Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, but I wasn't. I mean, when he was in Barcelona, it was cool. But I was still like, eh, why? Like yeah. that was always my thing. It was like yeah. Yeah. same thing with like Arturo Vidal. But yeah, yeah. Uh, when it's official, when all of them is joining PSG, I mean, we we said Whoa, that we said yeah. this last week, but now it's official. Onana to go to Arsenal for seven million. Are you heard that when all of them PSG? Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, because I honestly thought that would have been cool. You know, I think he's a, he's a good player to get a thirty-year-old midfielder. I mean, look, look what they do with Piani. nothing happened, but. Yeah, he was still there. Okay. So when Alvin, you know. All right. Uh, Dorman rejects 67 million bid for Sancho, which was for Manchester United. Yep. Kind of uh, figured that. Sevilla offer Ramos a five-year deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Foyf staying in Villarreal. Mbappe questions PSG future. Uh, don't we all? Uh, PSG, along with Chelsea, are now in the race for Hakimi. Arsenal to offer fifty million for Ben White, who is a center back. Which I, honestly, I'm not against that move. Uh, Arsenal is <laughs> also interested in Fakir. Uh, Hazard won't leave Real Madrid as a failure. It's unfortunate because that's going to happen. Um, Leicester is interested in Coutinho, and that is the transfer watch. Anything you want to uh, point out, Edward? Aside from the fact that I do believe Hazard is going to leave Real Madrid as a failure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean. We'll, we'll... I don't want to. I don't want him here. I really don't. I, really, uh, I, can, I can care less. The thing is, the thing is, the thing is, a lot of fans are feeling the exact same way as you. Like they, they already want him out. They're already <laughs> looking towards the, like, let's say Mbappe like, era or the, anything the, era. And it's, really. and it's not so much that like I know Mbappe can play on the right wing and obviously has our place on the left, but it's just. I mean, like I'd rather see what happens with Vinicius. Like, if, if like, let me see what Mbappe and Vinicius can do, or someone younger, like someone that can also stay healthy, <laughs> ideally. Um, but yeah, so I, that's just how I feel about the whole Hazard thing. But but yeah, aside from that though, that is a transfer watch. Like I can say we'll constantly be leaving updates. It's the same thing with the coaches um, as we go. And obviously, this is, we're recording this on Monday. So you guys have a reference. Obviously, we dropped these episodes on Friday, um, but there is that. All right, Edward, time for some headlines. All right.
super clubs are in the rise in women's soccer, specifically in Europe. Oh yeah. So clubs are now investing more into the into their women teams, which honestly is a great thing to hear because you know we want we want obviously some competition for the U.S. women's women's national team. But also, I mean, you know, you have these clubs, especially because a lot of these clubs are also the big clubs in the men's side. You want them mm-hmm. to like maybe make sure that their women's team are up to par as well, you know, having the same standards. Um, and I mean, it's been pretty clear that it's very heavily one-sided in, in at least in Europe, especially with Leon being so dominant in Champions League. Oh yeah, Leon, Leon been Leon was dominant. Um um, the Barcelona female team were also well, dominant. Like, well, they just won the Champions League, so they haven't oh, really yeah. been that dominant. But they've been pretty. But I mean, let's face it: the dominant force, I guess, essentially, the women's Bayern Munich is Leon. They're the ones going out there and getting the best players in the world uh, for their team, and clearly it shows as they're winning championships. Um, right. But and obviously Barcelona. But the thing is, with Barcelona winning the Champions League this year it kind of shows a sign of that you're going to see more, more teams emphasize more on their women's teams. And, um, cause I mean, obviously the NWSL, it, you know, people can say what they want for the NWSL, but it's actually been, it's actually a really good uh, league as plus you have some of the best women in the world playing in that league. Obviously you have Martha, um, Carly Lloyd, you know, majority yeah. of the U S women's national team play there. So, I mean, yeah, the, that's the fact, and so like you're gonna start seeing. I think we're gonna start seeing Real Madrid go, and Real Madrid. I believe had their first year with the women's uh, in the women's league, and you know they're gonna go out there and get players that are top quality. So I think that this is gonna start a trend where the European side for women, and I mean we know they have the resources, so we're gonna start seeing some super teams in Europe uh, for the women's side. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's it's it's a lot. It's a lot of. Uh, a movement with the women's teams. With the, I, I with just the hope that this, I hope it doesn't hurt the NWSO. That's the only thing concern of mine. Um, but I how, mean, how do you think, how, how do you think it's going to hurt them? Like, let me ask. No, you I, I fear that it, I, like my concern is hopefully it doesn't hurt them. It's not that I'm saying it's going to hurt them. And the reason why I'm saying that, because obviously if these teams are going to go out there and get, go and get the best players, well, it's where, gonna leave them where are some of the leave. best players currently playing? Right. And okay. I mean, let me put let, let me ask you this. Okay, what if they do take away the best players? That will leave the well, quote. Well, the uh, thing with me, well, with the NWSL, obviously you have the NWSL Super Draft. So they're still going to go and get some of the top players in college, in women's college soccer. And like yeah. I said, I've said, I've, I'm always going to be on the side of women's college soccer more than men's college soccer because let's face it, the talent pool in women's college soccer is completely massive and it is very competitive. And you're going to get some good players in every single round, in my opinion. And I mean, these are the girls that are going to be the future. I mean, Trini Rodman is one of those players that we're looking forward to seeing in the future. So, and she hasn't even made a call up with the U S women's national team yet. And everyone knows that this girl is going to be good. So, I mean, like I said, I think the NWSL is still going to be fine because just the fact that they're, they have just a, such a large talent pool in, in women's college soccer. Right. But, like the only thing is, obviously they're gonna go. They're gonna go after the, you know, the the Meg. Well, they're gonna go after the Carly Lloyds. They're gonna go after the Marthas. They're gonna go against, go after the Dabinas. They're gonna go like they're gonna go after Alex Morgan. You know, that's what I think it could happen. But obviously, you know, because we don't know how much the how big the temple is in Europe either, or even Japan. Because you know, Japan's also one of the big, the big uh, national teams in in women's soccer. 
So I mean, yeah, exactly. But it's gonna be interesting to see what happens here, like what these what these teams consist of. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I I was just saying, I was just offering my two cents of like, oh, um, they're probably gonna go for like the youngsters who are up and coming. And then maybe those are actually going to surpass the ones that are going to be in the end of the USL. I don't, I don't know. I don't like the thing is, I don't think that, especially with teams that are going for the super clubs, like those approach, I think you want team players that can come in right away and you know for sure are going to come in right away and start winning games for you. And I mean, yeah, with players that are promising, they're promising and that's great, but you don't know how they're going to be until they're on the pitch. Right. I see see where you're coming from. Yeah, so I'm actually kind of excited about that. I mean, I think the NWSL is still going to be fine. I think their league is still really good. And like I said, I think the women's college soccer talent pool is going to be good enough for them to continue to have that league growing. Um, I mean, I still think they're still going to be able to keep players. I don't think that like Europe is going to, you know, entice anybody like that, to be honest. But, you know, you know, money talks at some point. But, oh yeah, but I think it's still going to be interesting to follow and and hopefully see some very competitive women's Champions League finals. Oh, that that would be pretty good. And some of those some of those games get pretty intense. Like, not, some of, I feel like it's, I mean NWSL. I feel like every time I watch an NWSL game, there's some really good quality games. So I actually yeah respect the women's game for what it is because I think it's it's really good. And like I said, if it gets better in Europe, and I mean by all means, make make let's increase the competition. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. All right. So the next headline is Sill is playing under a false identity. Uh, would you care to reiterate who is Silas? All right. So Silas is a, wing, a young winger from Stuttgart um, who is being suspended for three months and fined 30,000 euros. Um, basically, what it was was Silas was playing under a different name. Um, if you guys play FIFA, this is actually a guy that I use a lot in FIFA because uh, <laughs> he, he is a promising player. And I did notice that it was kind of unique that I saw the change in the name as well because he wasn't, well, I mean, his name is Silas, but the last name was Wamang Ituka. So that was the name, the last name he's been playing under. And all, not right. only that, but he's he, he was said to be born in 19, he was born in 1998, not in 1999. So he is actually 22 years old. So oh, you, you wow. also, so also his age was off. Um, I mean, it's not like it, it's like a massive age gap, but and I mean, we've seen younger players get played so, playing for. So so let me ask you this: Was this like kind of like the Renato Sanchez deal? Like, where remember how they they first announced that? Oh, he's like a. 16 year old or 17 year old prodigy and stuff and next thing no, like, but, oh, but, but Renato Sanchez wasn't didn't have a false identity right Silas was with a different had a different last name and was said to be younger than what he is okay now I got you so I'm I mean just trying to, I'm just, but it, okay what are you trying I to got do? you I got you no no I was just saying I was like I was trying to like I guess you could say connected and say it's kind of like that, kind of no, like. But that I mean, situation. that's the thing. Though, but Renato Sanchez wasn't using a false identity. Yeah, this guy was using a false identity, and I think it was mainly because of his agent. Um, uh, but, oh yeah, I think I read a little bit something about that. So yeah, 
Um, so he is currently dealing with a three month suspension, and like I said, he's going to pay a fine of thirty of thirty thousand euros. Um, so he the, the basically the, when he can finally start playing will be in September. Uh, I, <laughs> is this going to be? I mean, it's not really that long. It's only you're, you're just not going to play in August, and then you're going to be back in September. Um, yeah, but think about it. Think about it this way: um, transfer. Let's say let's say transfer thing. He's transfer, not going uh, to get transferred though. I mean, and besides, he's still 20, he's 22 years old. He's going to be fine. I don't, I mean, if that team wants to take him, I mean, he can take, they can still take him. But if not, he can still play another year at Stuttgart or maybe play that once he starts playing in September for that winter transfer window, he could be a steal for somebody from taking him away from Stuttgart. So it's not yeah, like, a, it's, it's not a major, like, it's not a major gripe. And this isn't like an issue where it wasn't like he's like 45 saying that he's 21. Like, no, it's just <laughs> like, he's, you know, he just, he just 22 years old. Like that's still young. That's still promising. Um, yeah. I mean, I, is this going to be kind of like a, I don't even think it's really going to affect him that much in my opinion. I did, you know what? He took his, he's taking his punishment. He paid his fine. Um, I, I just, I just don't see the issue with it. I mean, yes, you, having a false identity, that's not a good look for you, but yeah. I think he, I think he's still a good player on the field. And I mean, this is a guy that I used a lot on FIFA. So I'm still gonna use them on FIFA, but um, but it was just—it's an interesting story. I've never heard of, like I've you know, I've heard of of stories of like not just in the, in soccer, but just like in general of like people you know like lying lying about their age or or you know things like that. But I've never heard of like completely like just changing your identity. And I mean, I the the reason is still like unknown to me. Like, what was the reason why you changed his last name? Like I the last name part is kind of confusing. The age part makes sense to me, but the which actually not really because you made him younger. Usually when there's someone like you know to play in a in a league or anything like that, usually like make themselves older, so that way they can yeah. be eligible to play in the league. But this was just it was it was. I wonder what was the reasoning behind that. Like I wonder. Like I couldn't find much into it. I just I just know his former agent had him play under a different last name. And then also said that try to be like Sherlock Holmes and try to investigate this. Well, like, well let's well, see. Maybe there was like something. Okay. something Can't to wait to find your findings. Ties, ever. Maybe. Well, I'm right. looking forward to, find, to hear your findings next week. Right there, you go. That's your assignment for next week. Is you have to explain to us what exactly I have happened. To be Sherlock Holmes. Awesome. I like that. All right. <laughs> there, there's your homework at work. All right. So <laughs> it, it's an interesting story, but I think he'll be fine. I think his career, he still has like plenty of time ahead of him. And plus, he play, he plays for the Congo, I believe. So I'm sure Congo uh, is still going to call him up. So Yeah, pretty much. All right, man. So the, the last headline is, wait for delays is delaying the punishment. And if you guys are wondering what punishment, the punishment for the Super League. I mean, they're still, <laughs> getting, they're still getting the fine and all that, but obviously we're talking about the three that are still... They're not, still, like, not, still have not uh, backed out on the Super League, and obviously that's Barcelona, Juventus, and Real Madrid. Um, and that's what pisses me off. It's like, you know, Barcelona. I'm like, come on, dude, just jump off the wagon. And they're still, they're still, on, they're still, they're. I mean, hey, I'll give them props, man. They're standing on that island, but Jesus Christ, man, just like you know, you heard you heard me say, like, was it last episode? No, it was like maybe two episodes ago. But anyways, I was just like, just punish them already. I'm still on it. Just punish them already. Get it over with. Like at this point, I feel like, like at this point, it's just kind of like 
it's kind of like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this away from you. I'm gonna take this away from you. If you don't do it, I'm gonna take it away from you. And, and you don't like, want and you don't want to take it away from them. Yeah, it's more of like no, not not that you don't want to. This, this is more of this like, is literally the wanna see this, this is literally the phrase that this hurts me more than it hurts you. Like the phrase, yeah, like that kinda. phrase, like this hurts because let's face it, it is Barcelona, Juventus, Real Madrid. These are some some big money teams that do affect UEFA's pocketbook in a sense because I mean they're 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 three of the biggest brands in Europe. So yeah. if they're not playing the Champions League, that's gonna affect their viewership. So I get the logic as to why they're trying so hard to like I feel like they I think they're trying to they're hoping that you know Barcelona Juventus and Ramage just catch their bluff and it's just not working. It's really not at this point, like I said, just punish them already. So we know what could be faced, and that is a possibility of being banned from the Champions League, at least for this year. And if you're Juventus, the possibility of getting kicked out of Syria, which mm-hmm. I haven't heard much about that either. So I'm guessing they're kind of playing the same game as well. And yeah, I think they're trying. They're just trying to keep up appearances so, on both sides. So, so their logic to try to like, at least I guess, justify them delaying the punishment is by saying, "Hey, we're trying to we're trying to do our due diligence and investigate this properly." And yeah. just once again, just punish them, get it over with. Like as as a Real Madrid fan, just get it over with. Give them the ban. I don't care if I have to. Now watch them compete in the Champions League, like, <laughs> like just just get it over with, man. At this point, like, it's it's kind of it's just it's just stupid at this point. Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, you're the band hammer. You know, it's just at this point, it's already getting to a point where it's just like, okay, I'll be honest. I wasn't even much into like, okay, band, uh, I figured I was like, Super League's already done. You know, it's already now. It's just kind of well, like, clearly it's not done. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I'm over here like, okay, come on, it's done. Come on, it's over. Come on, just stop. Like, just kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of like telling a little kid, all right, come on, stop your pouting. You know, you're not going to get your toy. You know, you're not going to get whatever you want. You're not the, you're not, basically, let's put it this way. The UEFA are the parents, you know? Like, they're the ones that are saying, no, you can't have this. No, you can't have this. No, no I don't think that. No, because if it was a parent, they'd actually do something. I think is just the stepdad. Like, the stepdad is like, oh, you don't, yeah. have to call me. you don't have to call me dad. You can just call me Jim. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> like they're like, you, you oh, I want, I, I, like, I, Bob. Yeah, like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, you, 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 God right. dang it. Just, wait a, yikes. <laughs> no. You know, it just they're like the the stepdad. Like I don't know where to set my boundaries here. Like I know I'm I'm your I'm I'm still your parent, but I'm not your parent really. <laughs> I mean, like you know, La Liga is like their parent, but you're just kind of like, well, I need to I need to do something, right? Like I can't just like not let them do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So essentially, UEFA is that stepdad that's just not sure what exactly could they do. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. But I was just, I was just using it as kind of like, you know, you can't have that. You can't do that kind of sh- shit, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, we'll see how this investigation continues. But yeah. All right, anyway, it's debate time. All right. All right, so for you guys that want to know, this debate topic will be dropped on social media once again on Instagram and Twitter at InstagramFC. Um, you guys can go ahead and put in your opinion on this topic. And if you guys have an idea for a topic that you guys want to be featured on a future episode, uh, just go ahead and drop it on that on that post as well. Or you can just send us a, a personal message, once again, either on Instagram or Twitter, 
at Instagram FC. So, Edward, today's topic, MLS have announced that there's going to be, an all, for the All-Star game this year, it's going to be MLS All-Stars versus Liga MX All-Stars. Ooh. My question for you is, can this work? When you say, can this work, what are you trying to say with that one? Like, is this a good idea? Like, is this, like, all right. So for those of you who do not know, understand, like most MLS All-Star games, it consists of usually them playing against a a big club. But let's face it, it's not really a big club. It's more like the reserves. But like, you know, recently it was Juventus. They've had Real Madrid. They've had Chelsea uh, before. And once again, these are like the best. Well, I mean, for me, All-Star Games is more of a popularity contest. People voting for them. So I think it's more of a popularity contest than it is. Like, this is really the best players of the MLS. I mean, obviously, if you're popular, it's probably because you're good. But I mean... It's like one of those things. So you're going to have the best players of the MLS versus the best players of Liga MX um, going against each other. Whereas where usually you would have like an all-star team of MLS players going up against some reserve players from Juventus and maybe sprinkle in a few, few of the guys that you want to see. Yeah. Just a few, not all of them. But yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Does this concept work? Um, I think so. I, I think it'll bring a lot of viewers. Like it'll bring a lot of viewers, and it's actually a good way to, I guess you could say, put MLS in in a good spotlight, in a good way, because it it's, it'll it'll kind of entice even the players that aren't you know uh, from Mexico. Like it'll it'll give them a little bit of fire. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll give them a little bit of of uh, a little bit of chutzpah because a, a lot of these players do not get called up for the national teams if they don't play for the European leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, if they don't play uh, over there in, in the UEFA, like, they, they don't play in Champions League and stuff, they don't really get called out too much. Mm-hmm. So, so I think this is a good time to shine. No, I agree. I, I like this. I actually like this more than I like... Um, like, them facing a big-time club kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. it's cool. Ooh, get to see Juventus or ooh, I get to see Real Madrid. But honestly, man, I think for those that really want to see those teams on the field, I would much rather watch the International Champions Cup. Um, yeah. If you guys don't know that, that's like a, the summer tour that, that they usually bring some of the big teams over to the U.S. So, like, if you really want to see, like, you'll still see some reserve players, but obviously, like, there's endless substitution. So you can literally, like, first half you see a whole you, you see one starting 11 and then the next half you see like a completely different 11 so like you you see the players you see the big names like you know when i went to go see Real Madrid versus Bayern Munich i saw Robert Lewandowski i saw you know Manuel Noir i saw Sergio Ramos i saw Marcelo like i saw the big names too too so i mean for me i think i'd rather just watch the international champions cup um obviously i would prefer to be at their at their stadium watching a, a regular game or even a champions league game but you know if you if they're gonna do it here in the U.S., I would much rather do it like that than, uh, than so, the MLS All Star Game. Okay, so what I was gonna say, I was like, I, I would like to see this one because for one, you would actually see the big names in Big IMX if they want to go in ahead. So, for example, let's say let's say if Ronaldinho was still playing for Querétaro, more likely they would have been calling him up to go against the MLS All Stars. That would have been something fun to watch. You know what I mean? No, yeah, that's like, what I get. Like, cool. But even now, like I mean, you know, like some of the names that I can think of is obviously like Luis Romo, um, Jonathan Rodriguez. I'm sure some people are going to want to see uh, Ochoa. So I mean, oh, like yeah. you, you're, you know, 
And then you're going to see those guys take on Carlos Vela. Freaking Raul Ruiz Diaz. It's funny how Raul Ruiz Diaz is actually a former League MX player. But, you know, Raul Ruiz Diaz, you know, uh, trying to think of some more players. Barco, like, trying to think of an American player. <laughs> um, I mean, you could maybe, maybe Jordan Morris, maybe. I don't know. I don't, no, I don't think, he, think he's going to be back. Um, okay. But, okay. like, you know, Jackson Ewell, you, you know, seeing like, Seeing some of the best of the MLS has to Joseph offer. Martinez. Yeah, Joseph Martinez. <laughs> like, you know. But like I said, seeing the, the best of the MLS has to offer versus the best of Liga MX, I think it's an interesting concept. I like it. I think I, I actually can't wait to see it. I'll actually, like this, I will actually see. I have not watched a single MLS All-Star game, to be honest. I even when Real Madrid was playing them. So, I mean, I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, but I'll, I'll just ask you right now, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think would win MLS All-Stars versus Liga MX All-Stars? Honestly, right now, things are looking uh, Liga MX. Okay. Yeah. You could, say, you could even look at it this way, where it's kind of like a, like a secondary Mexico versus U.S. kind of match. Not really. What? I wouldn't say that. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. Because, I mean, some of the best players in Liga MX aren't Mexican. I mean, Jonathan Rodriguez is Uruguayan. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like a secondary version. It's basically let's, let's put it this way. Uh, I mean, schools, I, I, mean I, I, get, I, I, I get what I'm saying. Uh, I don't know about that. No, no. <laughs> no. But I ah. mean, it's always been MLS versus League IMX. Obviously, even like you know, we want to see the cha- you know the 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 Concacaf Champions League also be like that. But let's face it, you know, League IMX has been a dominant force. But right. um, I think this is just an interesting concept. I like it. Um, I can't wait to see it. The only issue, obviously, is that Liga MX aren't in season. Like, they're on their break because, you know, <laughs> they're not playing. You know, obviously, they just had the championship. So, yep. they're they're done. So, they're on break mode right now. Whereas MLS, their season is still going. So, I mean, we could see that maybe MLS wins it because they're in form. They're competing right now. Whereas M- Liga MX has to, like, you know, warm themselves up. You know, so I mean, it, 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 this is this is kind of like the excuses that you hear the MLS fans come up with for Concacaf Champions League. You know, now let's see if it's really true. Like, let's see if it really holds holds something to that argument. So I can't wait to see it. I personally, I, I think at those circumstances, I actually think the MLS could actually win it. Okay. But yeah, so once again, man, like I said, it has been posted on our social media once again on Instagram and Twitter at InstaNameFC. Um, go ahead and tell us your thoughts. Even throw in there who you think would win. Um, and we would love to hear it. Also, if you guys have an idea for uh, a debate topic on a future episode, just gro- drop it on that post as well. Or you can send us a personal message on Instagram and Twitter at InstaNameFC. And if we like it, we'll go ahead and use it on a future episode. And we'll even give you a shout out. So make sure you guys uh, send us our way. And we would love to hear what you guys think on those topics as well. So there is that. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and we're going to go in. Actually, you'll be hearing our interview with Ruben and then you'll be then you'll be going into game recaps. Hector, what was your New Year's resolution? Same one as every year. Read more. Why every year? Well, with school and work, it's simply hard to find time to read. What if instead of reading, you listen to someone read your books for you on Audible? Audible? Audible has a large library of audiobooks that you can listen to at your convenience. I like listening to my audiobooks on my way to work. What if I don't like Audible? 
You can start a 30-day free trial when you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash insert name FC podcast. You'll be supporting the insert name FC podcast along with finally getting that New Year's resolution done. Thanks. Now I'm going to start a 30-day free trial. All right, guys. I have a very special guest playing college soccer at Midwestern State and Harden-Simmons. Also played professional overseas in Spain for CD Ronda. Has worked in media for St. Mary and Texas A&M Go Aggies. Uh, no, I'm not really an Aggies fan. but And has worked in social media with the United Soccer League and now is a social media manager for the National Women's Soccer League, Mr. Ruben Dominguez. What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, thanks for giving us some time. Um, get to dabble, dabble a little bit into your brain. First of all, shout out to Colin because just messaged him one day and next thing you know, he's throwing people at me to, to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Colin's a, Colin's a great friend. And when he asked, I was just like, man, I, I got to do it, I guess. That's my guy. So, Well, <laughs> thank you, Colin, once again. He's a great dude. I uh, had a great relationship with him at my time at the Rockets. So um, great guy. Uh, and me and him talked a lot of soccer while we worked. I think we would talk more about soccer than we did basketball. So. And his love for Star Wars. So, yeah, no, for sure, big, big Dortmund guy though. It's I don't, I don't know about that, but yeah, he he wouldn't show about Dortmund. <laughs> but all oh, good, man. So obviously, you played in the college level and you played overseas. Um, but let's get to the beginning, man. What got you into the game? Man, that's a crazy question. So honestly, growing up, I played like some of the weirder sports, I guess you would say, or the non-traditional sports. So my first sport that I played was hockey. And like growing up in West Texas, like hockey is not one of those sports that you just kind of naturally get into. Uh, But my brother played. And so he's three years older. So around that time that he started like five or six, I was just coming up. So that's naturally just like what my parents put me into. So I never played soccer growing up. And um, I think around like sixth or seventh grade, I had a lot of friends that were playing and uh, my family would go to Mexico in the summers and I'd kind of like kick the ball around and they're like, oh, Ruben's like kind of good. He kind of just like gets the game, but I never played anything formal. Uh, So yeah, like seventh grade, they had this uh, middle school soccer league. It was kind of like a club thing and you paid some money on the side and you went and played games and that's kind of how I got into it. I played a couple of games just messing around, um, had those shin guards with like the ankle pads and everything because my parents didn't know what to buy me. But With the Velcro uh, or without the Velcro? With the Velcro, <laughs> you know, I had to stay strapped up. So uh, <laughs> I had the Velcro on. I went out there and, and some club coaches saw me and they're like, hey, like you should come try out for our team. And then it kind of just blossomed from there. And I have like such a love for the game. I mean, I think you could ask anybody around that time. I, you couldn't tell me like I wasn't going to play in the Premier League one day. So it was just like I was after that moment, I was soccer 24-7, maybe 25-8. Hey, man, that's all good, man. Uh, so I know you told me, but go ahead and say, who's your club? <laughs> <laughs> uh, big, big Arsenal fan. Um, Sadly, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Win or lose, I I love Arsenal. I think, you know, obviously we have a great history with the club and 
Um, kind of just everything around it. Like, love the players. Uh, I think they're all really, you know, good players. I'm wearing an England kit right now, but love that a lot of them play for the English national team. Um, and just the overall brand. Like, I think the only thing that was missing from years past was that they were sponsored by Puma and I had to buy the kits, but now I'm a big Adidas guy as well. So when they went over to Adidas, I was just like, man, this cannot get any better. So I totally agree, especially with some of the fire that's been dropping with, with Arsenal. I'm also, I support Arsenal, even though my club is Real Madrid, but um, yeah, Pumas wasn't necessarily the friendliest for the big guys. That's that's what I was saying. I mean, I was like in pretty good shape around that time. I was just kind of ending my career and, and they hopped into it. But sometimes I was just like, man, like I didn't want to wear it out to the store and feel like I was about to go run for 90 minutes. Like they were, there were some tight fits. There are some tight fits. So. Yeah. I always had to go to like a size up to, to get my, to get my fit. <laughs> but yeah, thankfully they were, they were the Adidas now, but they've been, they've been dropping some massive drip. I've liked all their jerseys. I think the marble one's my favorite one of all of them so far. But well, since partnering, since partnering with Adidas for sure, but nothing yeah. but amazing. So obviously, you played at the college level. Um, I know I, I, if you've heard the show plenty of times, I've actually talked a lot of shit about the college level soccer. But I think it's just because I want to. You know, I wish it was more plentiful. You know, it was a you know just like kind of similar to women's soccer, college soccer. Obviously, there's a larger talent pool for that. And obviously clearly it works for the women's national team and, and it's just a smaller pool. And obviously, you know, you got developmental academies that also kind of has your competitions, but uh, coming through your perspective, what was your life as a college soccer player? Man, it was, well, one, I'll say it was short, uh, but also too, I was, I was honestly like never really bought into the, the college thing. And so I think when I was playing and kind of growing up, I'd see, you know, watching the Premier League every week. And I think one of the things that stood out to me was Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was coming through at Arsenal around the same time I was like a senior in high school. And I was like, he's 18 and he's playing in the Premier League. Like I'm 18 and I'm playing at San Angelo Central High School. And, you know, obviously my club, uh, Dallas Texans, I was like, why, why can't I be up there? So I knew that you know, the college game could be an outlet to be seen, but my attention was just like, I need to get to Europe as quick as I can before I age out of this thing. Um, so when I was going through the whole like college recruiting process, there's, there's some schools um, hit me up and there was, you know, some definite interests. Um, and I was just really looking for a place to play, play, in a system that really benefited me getting seen and going to Europe. Like, I think that was my biggest thing. And um, ultimately when I came to that decision, I, I kind of lost sight of that. Uh, I was not really prepared to, to go into the college ranks and, and I was kind of a smaller guy. Uh, so, you know, playing against guys, especially at the D2 level at Midwestern, I just remember a lot of the guys were big uh, really physical and I tried to throw my weight around and, and sometimes I got bodied and sometimes I just wasn't adept to the game. Um, and it, it caused a lot of like pain in, in my life. Like I went from being, you know, kind of a standout on most of the teams I played on. Um, and then it was just like, you weren't getting minutes. You weren't, you know, kind of 
doing the things that you used to do. So that was really tough for me. And uh, I ended up transferring after my first semester, kind of lost and and whatnot. But, you know, the next year, uh, I ended up getting into a USL Super 20 program, which is kind of like a developmental program for the professional ranks. And uh, luckily enough, had a great summer. Um, we did some great things on the Alamo Super 20 team. And I ended up getting seen by a couple scouts here and there. And that's where kind of the opportunity to go to Spain uh, kind of worked out. It was, you know, my coach got an offer uh, to work for the company and I ended up kind of going. So like to go back to the question, the the college game, it's great for some people, especially you're trying to get your degree and, and really advance um, your life. You know, you can use soccer as a vehicle to get further in life. But for me, it, it just wasn't kind of my, my vibe uh, to put it correctly. And so I don't think I fully embraced it and I don't think it fully embraced me. So that's just kind of where I was at. Sounds like you were just there, like <laughs> for the yeah, most part. No, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I think anyone that played with me will see that I was like really passionate about the game and I always took training 110%. Um, but I, I think, you know, I'd get frustrated sometimes because I'd, you know, maybe like lift weights and they were trying to get me bigger. And I already felt like I was gaining too much muscle to, to be as fast as I wanted to be on the field or things like that. It's just a different perspective. And, um, I never really fully came to terms with that until, you know, I was in Spain, like, not that I was playing with Ronaldo and Messi in Spain. Like it was, it was third division. It was kind of lower leagues, but it, it taught me a lot. And I think that the level I played at there just, internally like myself i was playing really good up there earned a contract and everything and i think that that kind of gave me that confidence back it was like okay i can do this like i i am a pretty decent player so yeah, that's pretty cool man so what was that transition like from going from playing in college to now pro especially now you're you're no longer in the united states you're in you're in spain um, obviously, I don't. I don't think you had any issues with language, but um, but what was that like from transition from a, a student athlete to now you're an athlete? Yeah, it was it was crazy, and I I talk about it a lot. Like there was a language barrier. I kind of grew up speaking like Mexican Spanish, and then going over there, there's a lot of different words. Like I always tell. I'm, I'm glad Spanish. you're mentioning this now because everyone always <laughs> messes with me and Edward on the show about how. You know, because we're we're Salvadorians and we we speak Salvadorian Spanish, so we're like to a Spaniard, we we sound well, we sound like we should be taking a Spanish class, on, like like a mediocre level Spanish class right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was nuts. The funny story I always tell is like I was walking the street with my teammates, like we were on a night out, and they were like coche, coche, and I was like coach, like why why is coach here? And I didn't know, obviously, the word for car, but then they kind of like grabbed me out of the way and they're like, coche. So, uh, yeah, that was always one of the things that was kind of tough is, you know, I think the first three training sessions, I was just like lost because I'd never, you know, I'd, I'd played with some players that spoke Spanish, like obviously here in Texas, but nothing technical. I think my first team talk when I first got there, the team had a game. So I win and I was in the locker room and they did the whole team talk in Spanish. And I didn't, I don't think I picked up one word. 
And I was like, I, I speak this, like, why, why do I not understand? And so it was a little tough transition there, but the club ended up putting me in some Spanish language classes. So what I do is I'd get off the field from training. I'd write down words I didn't understand. And then the next day I'd take them to my teacher. We'd go through them. She would explain them to me. And then I went back. So by the time I left uh, that summer, I was like fully into the training sessions. I was telling people what to do and and things like that. So, but the transition, uh, it was it was different. I think it was more. It was it was tougher on the personal level. Like you gotta think, I was eighteen, nineteen, and you go from college, like you know, you have food readily there, and like you have everything kind of just waiting for you. And this was a lot harder. A lot of these guys had side jobs. So they would go to their work and then they'd come train or for the few ones that just played, you know, they would go work out in the mornings. And and I just didn't have that kind of like regimen to like go find the gym to work out at, um, to, you know, find the necessary things to help elevate my game. And so I think I struggled with that a lot, but, um, as far as like on the field, it, it kind of just came natural. Um, but I think I just struggle a lot off, off of it. Like, you know, even <clears throat> adapting to just like living in, <clears throat> you know, like living in Spain was tough. Like I didn't have the, the luxury of just like calling my parents when I needed something. It was always like a time difference and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, but I got through it. I think it was a huge moment in my life, not on the soccer field, but just like growing up. I think I was really spoiled before that. And I went over there and I had such a great appreciation for, you know, what we have in this country and the readily available stuff that we, that we can get on a day-to-day basis. So. I mean, plus you got, you get to say you're a professional, you were a professional at some point. So, I mean, you're already ahead of us, so. <laughs> but no, that's amazing, man. I mean, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure there were eventually. But what was the what was the major factor that made you uh, decide to return to the United States? Uh yeah, no, I think that summer I I came back with every intention of going, you know, back to Spain. I think I was, you know, kind of breaking through, scored some goals. Um, yeah, it was it was like very cool. I think our team played Real Betis like one of the last weeks I was there just in like a friendly and I saw the top level and I was like, yeah, I could, I could definitely get there in a couple of years. Like I'm still young, like I can get there. Um, and unfortunately our club, you know, had a bit of money management issues and uh, I think they were letting a lot of the younger players walk and couldn't pl- pay some of the wages. And so with, while all that was going on and having the contract in front, I just, I just kind of made the decision. Like I got to a place where I wanted to in the game. I could say that I went and did my thing over there and and that was that. And I think it was just time to realistically kind of move on. Um, And I, I honestly, I had no regrets about it. I mean, some days I go and especially with the job now, you see a lot of soccer matches and you're like, you kind of get that itch to go back out there. But at the same time, like I love what I'm doing and uh, you know, I took that step to get to this position now. And so there's really no regrets in it. Just the fact that I've missed it a little bit. And sometimes when I watch games, I'm like, 
man, it would kind of be cool to to get back out there. Yeah. But I think the beauty about this game is that all you really need is a ball. You don't even need goals. You can just use your shirt or some shoes and, and you can go out there and play with anybody. Like, you know, even with some guys that yeah, you don't even know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I think that was one of the cooler things in Spain is like you could go to any corner and kind of like kick it with kids out there. And it honestly it improved my game so much. I think sometimes, you know, I would usually play with the reserves on a Saturday and then I'd be, you know, either around the team or, you know, would travel with the team on the Sunday uh, for the first team matches. And uh, some of those like Fridays or Mondays we'd have off, I'd just go find a park and like kick it. And there were so many skilled players out there that, you know, I think there's a difference between like hoopers and like basketball players. And it's the same thing. There's like street footballers and then like actual footballers. So mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was cool, and it's just a beautiful game all the way around, and a language that's spoken universally. I think exactly, exactly. So obviously, you you're, you're done with the game. Well, not you're not done with the game, but you 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 made your your peace with it, and you go into media. So what was it that that got that that at least attracted you to media? Did you do some media on the side, like while you were uh, playing, or or you just had an itch for it? Yeah, no, a little bit of both. Uh, when I was kind of coming through high school, I did like school newspaper and I remember I was the sports editor. And so I always just liked kind of telling those stories or being around like interviews. And in high school, my high school wasn't small, but we weren't like massive either. Um, but I was the captain of the team. So a lot of times if a newspaper reporter came, like our coach would trust me to, to do it. And I would love just talking to the reporters solely because I thought on the other side, it's like, man, maybe one day I'll be able to kind of do this. So that's kind of where that love started. And um, as I finished with the game, I was like, man, this could be my one chance to kind of like be around the game still and have some influence, but, you know, not actually being a player. So I really pursued that and I, I made sure my riding was tight. And just around that time that I was kind of riding, um, this, the social media age was kind of emerging. So when I was at St. Mary's, my alma mater, um, I, I kind of did everything I could just to kind of be around the game. I would tweet games for any sport. Um, I'd write recaps, news articles, everything. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Like, I would write an article and they're like, well, we need a picture for the article. So try my hand at photography. And then we would put all these pictures together and we'd do a slideshow. And I was like, man, you know, we could do a video for this. I kind of learned how to do video and then got into the recording realm. So it just kind of all kind of spiraled like that. And it ended up being a really cool thing for me. I mean, I'm just like the, the experiences you got, like you ended up at Texas A&M, um, uh, talk about, I mean, obviously, the, you know, I'm, this is a soccer podcast, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm from the state of Texas too. So, I mean, Texas A&M, that's, that's a, that's a big school. That's one of the, the big ones here. And to be in football, which we all know American football is king here, but women's basketball, I think it's more, I'm more interested in the women's basketball part just cause like, I know that like I have, I have friends that have worked in, in like collegiate sports and they get to do like the, the other side. Like I know someone that was a trainer for like the softball team at Texas Southern. And she had more of a blast with the softball team than, than working with the football team. 
So, uh, but I mean, just your overall experience with Texas A&M, man, that is, if you touch up a little bit on that. Yeah, no, I, I think I look at my time at A&M, like it was such a blessing and I went there kind of on a whim. Um, I just finished school here in San Antonio and I was working for a news station and I was kind of like a PA. I kind of do Friday night football and then I kind of always dip my hand into anything I could. So I remember one of the big things I got to do was kind of go to Spurs games with, um, you know, some of the reporters. And so we'd go courtside and I thought it was really cool. And sometimes they'd send me to the opposing players locker room. So now this is around like 2015 ish time, 2016. And my main duty on the night was I would hold the microphone for Greg Popovich. So like any of those, like icon, some of those iconic. Like, so how did you do this? How did you do those interviews without laughing? It was it was crazy. Well, the one thing they told me, they're like, do not look him in the eye when you're holding the mic. Like, don't look at him in the eye. And so I had always kind of just turned my head and look down and then hold the mic and my arm would kind of like almost fall off. I was, was there for a long time. But uh, yeah, so I do that. And then they kind of hop into the room and our guys would take over and I'd kind of sit on the side and observe and I always laugh because Bryn Forbes, who now plays for the Milwaukee Bucks, he's like kind of a big time player, but he was hopping up from the G League to the the bench and then whatever. So sometimes I'd like chat with him and I'd always say like, like go green because he is from Michigan State. Um, so, you know, we I would just did that. Sometimes I'd go to the opposing players locker room and like at the time the Warriors weren't like the Warriors. So Steph was there and I didn't realize it at the time. It's like, wow, you got to see kind of all those guys, but it was a great introduction. And I think from there I was like, man, I, I, I want to do more of this. Like, I just want to be around this um, and, and tell the stories. And so I remember one of my last days at the news station, I did Spurs media day and I took some like camera videos, like from my phone and we kind of threw them up on social. And that was kind of like my, intro to social media. I was like, oh, we can do this and kind of get behind the scenes. Uh, later that year, uh, like I decided I just wanted something new, had some friends that were at AM and I'd been there for a couple games and it was live, liver than anything. And I was like, I'm just going to move to College Station and try to figure it out. I had saved up a couple of dollars to get past rent. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give it like six months and see where it goes. Um, I ended up meeting, you know, someone very influential in my life, uh, who's now my business partner uh, for my company. And we, he, he brought me on to A&M football and we went from there and I just started doing like graphics, video. Uh, I shot pictures for the games for Aggie FB Life, which, which was wild in itself because you just never knew so, like so you, the games. You, you mentioning Aggie FB life. I had a professor at Texas Southern. He wasn't really a professor, but he was an adjunct. And he actually is the guy responsible for uh, Aggie FB life. I don't know if we're talking about the same guy, Ashley Debalt. I'm not, I'm not oh, sure yeah. I know. Okay. But, well, but he was kind of the, the guy that like partnered up with A&M and kind of built like their, I guess their, their social media. At least that's what he claims. I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, my boss. He was, you know, he was kind of like the guy that, uh, you know, was there on the ground taking pictures, like the whole Johnny Manziel era. So, like, 
yeah, it was, it was crazy. And it was, it was an absolute vibe, but I took a lot of things from it. I think a lot of people thought like, oh, Ruben's having fun and he'd post his pictures and whatever. I was never really thinking about the clout of it. Like I was always thinking of like, okay, I got to make sure that this looks and is presented in the best way possible. Cause I'm still in school. Like I was getting my master's. I was still kind of looking for that job. And I, I never really thought there was upward mobility at, at A&M. So I was just kind of like building my portfolio and everything. And it was a blast. And um, as soon as the Kevin Sumlin era ended and Jimbo came in, I was there a couple of months. And then the opportunity to go over to women's basketball uh, came, came about. And I was honestly, I was so down because if anything I knew about A&M, like the women's basketball program is elite. And it was such a cool thing to even be considered for it. And then to work under a legendary head coach. And, you know, obviously I have a generational player there at the time and Kennedy Carter. And I was just like, yeah, like this is, this is it. So I went and did that for a year, but as that, as that goes on and I learn and I grow, I was like, I really want to get back into the sport that gave me a lot. And so that's when I started kind of venturing into soccer opportunities and, now here we are. Yeah, man. I gotta talk about. Uh, so obviously you were with United Soccer League, but you got to be with the NWSL, and it's still a growing league. But I feel like there's all eyes on the NWSL, especially with the whole pandemic. They were the first professional league to to start playing again, and the Challenge Cup ran very smoothly, like z- you know zero problems. Everything. I feel like the women worked very well. That you know following the rules and. And even the league did such a good job in providing benefits for them and even letting them have their families with them. And I think that that's like the coolest part about it. And, and like, I mean, I'm watching it at the dash. That's, that's my team. I mean, I'm from Houston, but uh, it's, it's, it's all fun. And I mean, like, I think in general, working in soccer just seems to be more of a fun atmosphere. But what has it been like since you've taken over for the NWSL? Man, it's just hearing you read that, it's like so cool because you get to be a part of something super special. And I think for the NWSL, for me, it's just the coolest league, man. Like I I can't even describe it. Um, Obviously, I haven't been here that long, but, you know, I think it all kind of culminated. I worked, I think, four or five months before I went to my first game and you know, it's, it's really just cool to be around. There's a lot of cool people invested in the sport, but I think there's also a novel fan base that it's kind of cool educating on a lot of things, especially on the social side. Um, you know, the challenge cup in Portland was for me, one of the best just like times to be around soccer. And I caught myself, even though I was capturing content and whatnot, like I was just looking up and like Providence park and like, you know, seeing the players on the field is like Carly Lloyd, uh, Lindsey Horan, Crystal Dunn. They were all kind of just on the field playing. And you're like, wow, like I really kind of got here. And for me, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, men and women and kind of pitted against. I, I honestly hold the league to such a standard. I'm like, man, it's, it's right up there at the Premier League. Like I find myself getting as excited to work games on Saturdays as I am to wake up and watch Arsenal. Like it's, it's all kind of the same for me. And, and the standard of play was something that I was, you know, like not, not really expecting. I went to a lot of A&M women's soccer games and 
you know, one of the top programs in the country. I thought those girls were, you know, sensational. A couple of them, you know, now playing the league, but I got to the league. It was just so fast. And so, you know, just, just the thought and the skill and, and the intelligence of some of the players, it was, it's crazy. And I, I catch myself doing that every time. So yeah, it's, it's a really fun league. And I don't, I don't really try to like talk, talk it up too much to people. I just, you know, get them to watch it. And I think oh, it, it, it's, it, speaks, it speaks for itself for sure. It, exactly. And I, I feel like, you know, a credit to, you know, all our players in the league, you know, they, they do the talking on the field and that's, that's that. Like there, there doesn't need for me to go out and like campaign. I think you can just see a match and know what you're getting out of the NWSL. And it's, it's really amazing to see and a special thing to be a part of. No, for sure. Uh, so social media is like ever changing. Like it's never going to be the same as it was the day before. So what exactly are some things that you do to stay current or try to be, I guess, ahead of, of, of what's going to be the next thing? Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough. I think everyone has a different, you know, approach to it. A lot of the things I like to do and kind of train is, you know, I never, I try to take my biases out of my regular life as much as possible. And what I mean by that is like, you know, someone comes to me and it's like, hey, you should watch this show. It's really funny. And I watch one episode and it's not funny. A lot of times I'll push through it. And, and the only reason I do that is because you never know when kind of a, a niche like market would come up and you need to know something about it. I think I laugh a lot is like during the, I guess like a couple of months ago when Ted Lasso came out, everyone was like, oh, that show's going to be so dumb. And like, I, I don't know about it. It looks dumb. Like it looks corny. And I, I think it was, I, I don't know which friend it was, but they're like, Ted Lasso is super good. It's like, okay, I'm going to watch it. And I watched it and I binged it hard. And it was amazing. It was as advertised. It was awesome. And I saw a lot of people saying that they still weren't going to watch it, still weren't going to watch it. But I knew that that was something, especially in the soccer world, that was going to kind of pop off knowing what I'd just seen, that there were going to be a lot of jokes. And like, kind of find out, like this last week, we put out a tweet kind of involving Ted Lasso and it, it hit because I felt like I was that prepared. So that's a lot of things. And it it's, can be TV shows. It can be movies. Um, you know, it can be music. You know, any kind of new music that drops, I always kind of listen to it, even if I'm not like a huge fan. Um, just listen, just to make sure I'm I'm staying in the know, and I think that's the most important thing. If you take your biases out, your your world will be opened up to a lot. And I try to always keep that in mind. I think that's the right approach in in everything, and I think that's that's the perfect way to end this. Actually, um, thank you so much, Ruben. Uh, I always like to every time I have a guest on the show, I always want to show my appreciation because I know time is valuable, and whenever someone gives me time, I always try my best to let you guys know i appreciate it but how can people find you man this is your time to go ahead and speak your piece oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no appreciate it a lot man yeah i'm at i think all my handles on literally everything are at ruben j dominguez so feel free to hit me up there but if anything you know nwsl show it some love if you're looking for a new avenue a sports avenue 
it's right there for you. We have an amazing league and a lot of good things to come. Well, I'm, I'm excited for it, especially for Trinity Rodman. But yeah, thank, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time, and, uh, and thanks, uh, thanks for having us. Okay. Yeah, no, thanks, man. And we are back. Once again, I think that interview was amazing. Uh, shout out to Ruben, man. Coolest guy ever. Um, I think we, I think that's, it's the start of a very beautiful partnership, honestly, with, with Ruben. I think it, he's a so, uh, great guy. Uh, thank you once again, Colin. I need to find a way to repay you, repay you in some way because you, you're the goat for that one. Um, <laughs> and I guess somehow we got to thank Pizza Hut for that as well because, you know, if it wasn't for it, we're getting food poisoning. This would have probably not happened. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. I don't even know what to say. Uh, I'm saying, uh, I mean, I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm, gra- like I'm grateful for your poor choice of this of food choice. So. <laughs> oh, God. It wasn't a poor food choice. It was more of like, uh, how do I put this? It was more of like look of the draw, I guess. It was like a bittersweet moment. It's like we, we managed to come out on top of it, and, but even then, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I get what you mean. But anyways, there were games to recap. What is your game to recap? All right, so my game to recap is actually the Denmark versus Finland game, and that one, uh, Finland beat Denmark one to nothing. Um, it was a it was a, the first half. It was a very well played game. Like I mean, was, uh, to be honest, we're really not going to talk about the game on this one. We kind of know what we're really going to talk about on this one. Yeah, I mean, you you know the reason why I chose it, and I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm a big fan or anything, but I, I admire this player's you know technique, dribbling, shooting, like everything. Like he is just a playmaker. But now I'll give you the facts, you know, just to just to put it out there. Uh, Denmark had 63 percent of the possession. Denmark outshot Finland 22 shots to one. Mind you, the player's head was not fully in the game after that because the game was delayed because of Christian Eriksen's collapse. Um, he was on the floor for a while. They built a wall around him and everything, um, trying to avoid the media spectacle. They put sheets on top because it was, uh, it was, just, it was just a really bad scene. Everybody was just kind of at a standstill. So from from what I heard of the situation, obviously uh, I do believe it was a heart attack, correct? Or yes, a, it was a cardiac arrest. It was a cardiac cardiac arrest. The good thing is that ever since back, I think it was in two thousand and three, when the player, I believe his name was Afe, um, he had that cardiac arrest. Like he had a heart attack while he was playing. Ever since then, they started taking precautions. Like people started taking precautions. To be able to, to was attend. that the, the Cameroon player? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember that. Yeah. So it, it's sad. It's tragic, you know. And um, but I mean, kudos they, for them to have the preparation now for it. I mean, that there's yeah, now procedures for it. So so now they never really did this, where the, the doctor would basically just run out into the field. So now when they know they see that it's basically a fall without any physical contact. And they just fall out of nowhere. There's no contact whatsoever. They just fall walking, running, whatever. Automatically, the doctor just runs out of there. Mm-hmm. And now that stadium, the doctors, whatever stadium they're in, there's a defibrillator mm-hmm. with them at all times. Like, like so, I said, I'm, it sucks that that's what happened in 2003. But to you know, obviously, it, it, in for Christian Erickson's situation, 
it, it worked out for him that they did have these yeah. these protocols. Um, but yeah. I, the the thing that I personally that didn't sit well with me with this is the fact that these guys, once again, like you said, their head was not in this game. Their their yeah. minds were their fo- they were more focused. You know, obviously, clearly, they were focused on Christian Eriksen. Yeah, because was going to happen. But like, so the, so the thing that that bought, that irks me from this is the fact that literally an hour and forty five minutes later, they choose to resume the game. Yeah, and, and I mean, I feel like this should have been postponed till the next day. Find some other way to accommodate this game because, I mean. Your head is not in the game. If you're in a situation like this, you're not thinking about, you know, you're not thinking about the game right now. You're thinking about Christian Eriksen, the human being. Yeah. And I mean, props to Denmark, the, the players from Denmark, because you know, for them to you know jump on there and 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 and, and guard uh, Christian, uh, Christian Eriksen, because I mean, it's not. Also, what the hell, ESPN? The the fact that you know you're you're showing this. Go to the studios. Go to the studio. Like this is not the time to be still recording this, and I mean you heard the outrage throughout social media. Like Ian Wright was even, uh, I, I follow Ian Wright. I mean you guys know that I support Arsenal, but yeah. Ian Wright was even saying, "Go to the studio, go to the studio," because that is not something that you should have people seeing. And I mean, you know, like it's unfortunate that's what happened, but like, like you know, there's concern. You can see like not only the concern of the players that they're emotionally in there, but like. The fans, the concern of the fans, the fans, dude, and then and then you have Chris, uh, uh, Christian Eriksen's wife on the field there. You know that's a very harsh and intense situation. And so for me, like, how do you not, you know, you see the them doing the proper protocols on the field as as a as a studio as a network, you should be doing your proper protocols as well in those situations. And so. Like, how do you televise that? Like, what happens if, luckily, you know, Christian Christian Eriksen's alive? But I mean, yeah. what happened if it that if that wasn't the case? Like, we just literally just witnessed someone die. Well, well, the thing is, also think about it this think about it this way as well. They also, like you said, we just basically witnessed somebody died. They didn't really say when they were carrying him out of there, covering him in the sheet. They didn't really say. Hey, he's okay. They were like, they're just taking him to the back. And then once he was inside in, in the room, that's when they were said, okay, he's actually good. We're going to take him to the hospital to check him out. Because nobody ever said anything about that. No, not one of the announcers. So like you said, they should have just panned over to the studio, have them, you know, talk a little bit. And then later on, oh, we just come to find out that he's doing okay. And, you know, maybe show the fans clapping or whatever. But that, that's it. Like, they shouldn't have done basically the camera all over the angles, seeing as, as emotional as it was. Like, because I'll be honest, I teared up, bro. I was, I teared up just watching this shit. And I was like, bro, no way. I was, I was upset. Because, like I said, I mean, Christian Erickson is not one of those players that's, I'm gonna be cocky. I'm cock, I'm a cocky little shit or whatever. Like, and then for him to just go down like that. Meanwhile, you know, his wife is there, and oh my god, dude, that shit was just it broke my heart, man. So no, that's I, mean, I was like, I mean, it, it yeah. like I mean, obviously, it, I hated to see that, and it's not because of you know, just you know, it's it's about doing this the justice to it. I mean, like it wasn't a good look. Um, and like I said, I'm glad that everyone jumped in that, with that who needed to jump in. Like, I'm glad the doctors were there. I'm glad that the players understood that this is not something that the people should be seeing right now. Even though I'm sure they didn't realize that the cameras were still on. 
But like, no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they did realize it, and that's why they jumped. And I think they, no, I think they did that because of the fans. For the fans, I don't. I like. I mean, how they know the cameras are rolling? They. I mean, in, in my and if I if I was down there, I was doing that for the fans. I'm not doing that for the TV. I'm hoping that they're they're going to the studio on TV. And yeah, uh, yeah no, it was a it's a very it was a very tragic situation, but. Uh, thank God that you know Christian Erickson is alive and stable, um, but it's it's very unfortunate that that this ended up being a loss for for the Danish players. But I, I mean, let's face it; they just weren't in the game. And, and, no, and they weren't because when when they came back into the field, you could already tell a lot of them were just coming back. They still had they were still they were still feeling it. They they weren't like All right, let's they do were this. they were still concerned. I mean, like. Yeah. I would if I, if I was on the field too. I wouldn't be thinking about the game. I'm, I'm, I'm th- some of these guys were like they were just not in their the game. Their, the game was not in their mind, and, and respectively. So this isn't this isn't that moment. Like, oh, get your hand in the game. No, like you know. Yeah, and then, that's and not, only, is, not only is he your teammate, but you know he's your friend. I mean, I think one of them has played with him for four years. You know what I mean? And then you bunk with him, and you every time y'all are out there. And, you know, it's kind of like a brother, you know, like a family. So at this point in time, it makes you really think like, damn, like, you know, like how the fuck is this happening? How the fuck is going on to somebody who basically I spend almost every day with, we joked around in the pitch, we joked around in training, mm-hmm. like stuff like that, you know, and mind you, um, even the Finland players, like I admire what they did, and I mean to applaud they, the guys to come back out on the field. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it, applause you, given. But I mean, and you can actually tell though, Finland were concerned, like they were concerned. Um, I mean, that's not goal. that's there's not a doubt in that. But I mean, like like I said, like I mean, at the end of it all, like clearly the options were I, apparently the two options weren't good. But they just chose the lesser of the two evils, according to one they, of the, de- the players from. De- they basically um, did the, the um, they did um, the they, they um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. They they basically either I think the choices were you either take the loss, automatic forfeit, or you play, and you know they probably thought, okay, we can play, and if we get a draw, you know, we'll be okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the goal was actually a a bad uh, decision from the defender, and it led to a mistake. And of course, it, it happened like that. Um, I mean, it's not like oh my god, like how could you do that when you know, I mean, you, know, I, you can't you can't really blame anything on that on that on that defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's just like you said, your mind's not in it. You're really thinking, you're overthinking things that are going through. Yeah, I, I didn't like. I don't like UEFA's uh, decision on this one um, yeah. at, at all. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm really glad Christian Eriksen is doing better. Um, we'll see. I'm pretty sure they're probably not going to have him in the next game, but I'm pretty sure uh, Denmark's going to be thinking, you know, well, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, because I mean, they're they're going to they have to continue on with the tournament, but mm-hmm. um, but I mean, you know, like you know, you had Romel uh, Romelu Lukaku who. Who also had a really good game for himself. He uh, dedicated one, uh, de- dedicated his goal for for Christian Eriksen. Even Hum and Son, um, who mm-hmm. who was also playing, a, a, I believe, a, qual- a World Cup qualifier, scored a goal dedicated that to Christian Eriksen. 
Um, there was one more player. I uh, don't remember the top of my head, but obviously a team, also a teammate of, of uh, Christian Eriksen, who yeah. also dedicated their goal to him. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a rough sight. But I'm like I said, the 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 silver lining in all this is that Christian Eriksen's okay, um, and that's that's and that's, yeah. the, that's really the only thing that really matters. The yeah, the, the result the, the result of the game at this point is relevant. I think Denmark, I think has won everybody's respect and love um, in this tournament. Uh, but yeah, it's unfortunate that you know it, it, this this there's yeah, a there's a loss like, on this. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. But um, yeah, so thoughts and prayers, of course, with Christian Eriksen, his family, his teammates, everybody, because it's it's really sad, like to see that. But I'm just like I said, I'm just glad he's okay. So, but moving on, um, Hector, what's your game to recap? My game to recap is England is finally overcome Croatia as they beat them one to nothing. Um, England had 52% of the possession. The shot count was mm-hmm. even eight to eight. Um, England actually had uh, one more shot on target than, than Croatia did. So it was a very intense game. Like I said, it was a fairly 50 50 game. Um, and the man that scored the goal was apparently the, the man in a race between Arsenal and, and Barcelona, Raheem Sterling. <laughs> So he scored a goal in the 57-minute mark, and it just kind of stayed very intense. This was kind of what I was expecting from this England team. I thought that they had – I was actually kind of surprised with some of the lineup choices, but it worked. I mean, Phil Foden looked like that guy. Um, Raheem Sterling, you know, continues to prove that he is one of the best in Europe, in England. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, it was a quiet day for Harry Kane, but I think he did his job. Um, the the back line – Solid performance, Trippier. A lot of people think this guy's overhyped, but I think that there's a reason why Atletico Madrid wanted him. Um, and apparently that Man U wants him. But the interesting thing to point out from this game is that the fact that no Man U or Liverpool player was on the starting 11 for England. Wow. Starting 11. So, I mean, I'm sure that once substitutions came into play, I'm sure that, you know, some of them, you know, popped their heads. But I mean, like, in the starting 11, there was no Man U and there was no Liverpool player. So it was interesting, but this is this was the big concern for the English fans was can can they overcome Croatia? And I mean, they get the win. I'm sure they feel very confident. England looks like to be a very heavy favorite in this tournament. I think it's just because of the talent that this team has. And I mean, they're my favorites in this tournament when we previewed it last week. So I can't wait to see England from here on out. I think they have a huge boost of confidence from winning this game. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. We'll see the next match. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's true. All right, our players of the week. Who is your player of the week? All right, so my player of the week is actually, and I hope I say this right, is it's not soccer related really, but just because of his actions of how he took things in his own hands of after the Christian Eriksen incident. Simon Kajer, Kajer, Kajer. I hope I say that right. Kajer, okay. When he jumped into action, when Christian Eriksen collapsed, like he, he comforted Christian Eriksen's wife. He was trying to comfort his teammates. He was he was trying to make sure that everything, you know, was copacetic. He was trying to make sure nobody basically. Essentially, he was being it. the captain. I mean, he, he is he, he is the he captain was, of Denmark, but he, he captain. But he was being more than just that. I mean, he he was he was being there as as also a. Uh, how do I put this? As, as a shoulder to lean on for everybody because it is as a pillar. He was trying to make sure that 
nobody was going to lose it. Nobody was just going to start basically already saying, you know, certain words. I don't want to say it because I don't want you know, to say anything like in that way because I wouldn't want that to happen. But uh, I'm pretty sure he was like, look, they're stable. Like he was trying to make sure that she was okay. He was trying to make sure his teammates were okay. Cause I mean, also you got, you got a lot of teammates who basically are also young and for them to experience such a thing like that, Christian Erickson himself is young. He's 29 years old. Man. Thank you. Thank so, you for that one. <laughs> so uh, I'm just, it's, 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 it's tough. It's rough. So I got to give it to him. I got to give it to him. No, yeah, for sure. I think that that's a good pick for him. Uh, just, I mean, he stepped up, like I said, he, he was being the captain. Um, I think, I think, like I said, he, I mean, Denmark overall, I think has won everybody's heart, but I think that what, how, uh, how Simon Kair just stepped in and, and took charge of that moment, I think was, was very big and noble of him. I mean, it could have been, I'm sure all of them did something, but obviously what, what, uh, what Simone was able to do, obviously, uh, spoke louder to, to all of us. So, I mean, no, great, great choice. Yeah. But what about you? Who's your player of the week? So we, I did touch up on this like when we were doing the, the game recap, so especially for the Finland game. Um, but Romelu Lukaku, who scored two goals in Belgium's three nothing win against Russia, like I said, he dedicated uh, his his opening goal to Christian Eriksen. Went to the cam- obviously went to the camera and and said it directly on the camera. So like I said, you know Romelu Lukaku teammates with Christian Eriksen right now currently in in Inter Milan. Um, so you know having a yeah. I mean this is this is like he's a big factor for Belgium. And you know he stepped up, but I'm sure he was he was playing for something more with with uh with the situation with Christian Eriksen. Oh yeah, that's hand down. I mean, and you gotta give him props. You gotta give him the respect for doing that. Exactly, exactly. So congratulations to Sam Kair and Romelu Lukaku for being our players of the week. This is actually well, I mean, for Small Kair, obviously this is the first time that he's featured on Player of the Week. But actually, for Lukaku, is also his first time. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting ironically especially as as amazing he's been for Inter Milan this season uh, but oh, yeah. yeah but yeah alright man so there are some games coming up this weekend that I highly recommend you guys keep your eyes on and we're we're gonna try to like not be so focused on Euros and Copa America but you know try, you know, I mean there is a league currently playing uh, take that for what you want but that is MLS so the games that you guys should be keeping an eye on uh, this weekend is Portugal versus Germany that's going to be a really good one. Obviously, Portugal and Germany are part of the group of death, along with France. So make, that's, a, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a big decider for how, this, how the groups are going to stand in that group. Um, Colombia versus Peru. Um, I mean, I think, you know, obviously Colombia, have, I think they came off of a big win against, I believe, Ecuador. Um, but, you know, Peru, it's a team that kind of like has been slowly getting better and better. That's an exciting team, and I think I think this is going to be a good matchup, a good one to look at for Copa America, especially for those who don't really watch Comnebol. I think this could be a very good competitive game. What do you think, Edward? Yeah, actually, I, I do agree with you. Um, they've been they've been stepping up, man. I I really I really think it's going to be a good match to watch, uh, like Colombia versus Peru. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Especially because for one, like I said, and we reiterated this before, since Hamas Rodriguez isn't there, they're not really going to be relying a lot on his ability. Actually, you know, it might be it might be Cardona. It might be the guy to be looking at. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see. So... And and the third game, this is the game that's going to be on the in, for the MLS. 
I do think LA Galaxy versus Seattle Sounders. I think this game never disappoints. And I would expect nothing less from, especially, um, no, I don't, I'm not sure where, I think Raul Ruiz Diaz is not, obviously he's playing, probably playing with Peru right now, but obviously, yeah, yeah Chicharito and Seattle still a pretty good team nonetheless. So I think it's going to be a, a very interesting matchup on that one. So I think that's going to be a good one to look for, especially if you're not really familiar with the MLS. I think that game will not disappoint. Oh, you should not disappoint. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's LA Galaxy versus Seattle Sounders, so I mean, shoot, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a little bit rough and tumble. I really think so. Like it's it's gonna be a well, I guess you could say, well played game, well fought game. Like they're gonna be they're gonna be scrounging for it. It's gonna be, I think it's gonna be scrappy. There's gonna be some fouls, maybe some yellow cards. I think so. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see for sure. All right, guys. So we're gonna go ahead and take a break. You're going to hear one more ad, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap things up with three up and three down. Hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward. And we are Insert Name FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com. We will see you there. And we are back. All right. Three up, three down. And today's topic is the 2020 and 2021 Euro jerseys. So this week we'll do the, uh, the Euros and then next week we'll do Copa America. So, so Edward has a heads up on his... Not only does he have to do the research on, on Silas, but also do his, do his, his three up, three down for this one. Spencer did send me his, so we'll start things off with Spencer with his three down. And to kick things off, at number three, he has Denmark. Um, right. And I could kind of see it. The jer- I mean, Denmark, I'm not, I'm, I think it's just personally I'm just not a Hummel fan. Because obviously that's the, the brand that uh, Denmark uses. Um, Joma? No, it's, it's Hummel. Hummel. I said, I said Hummel, not Joma. Oh, okay. It's because I was like, you know, in Spanish, he's like, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay, so at, at number three, he has Denmark. At number two, he has Switzerland. Uh, yeah, I mean, Switzerland's kind of kind of boring. It's very, yeah, it's very basic. But sometimes, like me, my mentality is like the, the basic, the, the basic. So, so some, jer- some, some, jerseys, some jerseys less is more. But then there's just yeah. being plain. Yeah. So, I guess so you're right. So Switzerland, and then number one is Turkey, which I'm pretty sure that's going to be featured on on everyone's list. Well, we'll see. I think so. All right, for number three, I have Portugal's away jersey. Damn. I hate that. I I think it's because it makes me think of mint chocolate. No, it makes me think of Christmas candy canes. No, no, I. Okay, that's what you think of, but I think of mint chocolate. Like, I just don't like the look. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you guys I don't like mint chocolate, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't. I don't like the the horizontal stripes either. Um, I don't know. I just don't like the jersey. It, it, it's very off putting to me. And mo- I actually yeah. do like. I usually do like Portugal's uh, jerseys, but this one is just like, nah, it's not it. All right. Well, usually their away jerseys are just plain white with maybe like 
a little strand of green. You no, know? I mean like not not always. I mean they have that they they had that black jersey in in two thousand six. That one I love. Yeah, that black, black one. The black one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two is Hungry is Away. It's a <laughs> wow. I, uh, I I just don't like it. it. The funny part is it's actually in mine too. That's why I was. That's why I laughed. And then number one is Turkey's Away. Turkey's a uh, red jersey. Just because, like, Damn. even though it's a different shade of red on the stripe, it's it's still like you're putting red on red. I mean, like, like you know, maybe do like you know, red jersey, white stripe. Like maybe I would I would have probably felt that a little bit more. But Turkey is also very. It's a very. This is where I'm like, where you can. There's a difference between having like a a, a plain jersey, and then there's just less is more. Like there's teams yeah. you can get away with less is more, but there are some teams that also you can't just have you a plain to, jersey. Yeah, yeah, like, there like, we go. Yeah, like for instance, Real Madrid gets away with having a plain jersey because it's it's simple, it's basic, but that's Real Madrid. You know, you don't you well, you see Real Madrid. Not- that's God dang it, dude, man. But like it's a you know like it's a white jersey. Everyone expects a white jersey from Real Madrid, but they do like little details on it. That's like okay, that's it. This is just a plain red or white Nike shirt with a red stripe. Yeah, that's that's how I feel because like like you said, Real Madrid just has that plain white. But it's, sometimes it's it's the logo. Sometimes it's the lining on the side. Sometimes it's the like the the letters, the the kind of letters. So, like, and something as simple there. as a collar. Yeah, like 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 not like I'm not saying like like collar, but like you know like the color that's going to be on the collar, or maybe they actually do put a collar on it. So I mean, like you know, le- sometimes less is more, but you have to. But then there's also being plain, and plain can also be bad. But it's yeah. it, it's when you do simple jerseys, you can also pull it off. But yeah, yeah. so so to reiterate my three down: Portugal's away, Hungary's away, and Turkey's away. Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, that's exactly how I look at it. Okay, so. My downs. Okay, so here's my three downs. <laughs> Funny enough, look, Turkey is my number three down. The home jersey, the white one with the red stripe. Because I'm mm. like, uh, okay. The reason being, it's not. It's because it didn't. Re- it hasn't really changed from what 2014. It hasn't changed. I probably, probably go a lot. I probably go a lot further too. <laughs> yeah, so. it's been it's been pretty much the same for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. You guys don't like; they don't have like any major competitions under their belt and stuff. They've gone far. I mean, don't get me; they've gone far. So I feel like they have a chance to change it up a little bit, like just a little bit. But it's it's been the same. There's no design changes. There's nothing nothing different about it. So I guess you could say just because it's stayed the same for so long, that's probably why I keep it at my bottom three. Like that's my number three. Mm-hmm. So my number two is actually okay. I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but the Slovakia away jersey, that weird blue, looks like almost camo, but it's kind of like <laughs> okay. more and more on top of it, and it's like multiple shades of blue, but it's trying really hard to like stand out. Like you said, you know, less is more. With this one, I feel like they tried a little bit too much to put that camel. It kind of reminds me of the the FIFA jersey you have that that black and gold one, the Real Madrid, the one that has like the 
or it's like gold or black on the top or white on the top and then it turns into like gold slowly shades over i don't know you remember that one the fifa exclusive one no i know what you're, what you're talking about yeah so but it's kind of like this one except this one it's just multiple shades of blue dark blue light blue and then they're just and i guess they're trying too hard to be different and i think that's the problem so number, that's my number two it's the Lakia away jersey and my number one, it's the Portugal away jersey because, like I said, that one reminds me of a candy cane, like those those really minty. I guess you could say, like you said, chocolate mint, but the minty ones, the ones of the the candy canes. It literally does. It's like literally watching a candy cane. Like I was just like, man, I was like, I can't believe this. You know, like can't believe this is the this is this is the, the jersey for them. Like I, I was like you said, the black one was badass. But I also remember having the the white one, the white one with the little green trims. You know, that one was actually pretty cool. I, I don't mind that one. That was a simplistic, but it was actually really, really nice. Um, you know, I think it was like white with green trimming and maybe like a small amount of purple, really small amount. So, or maroon, I'm sorry. So, yeah. So to reiterate, my bottom three um, is... Turkey, the home jersey. Uh, number two, Slovakia away jersey, and number one is the Portugal away jersey. Okay. All right. So for Spencer, his three up is number three, North Macedonia. I'm gonna just sit here and tell you this. I love saying Macedonia. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's just it's like a cool like yeah, Macedonia. Anyways, Macedonia. but yeah. So number three, he has North Macedonia, which. I'm not gonna lie; those jerseys are pretty sick. Dude, I, li- like I, I like them. I like the I like the little the little design. Yeah, I, I like. Uh, I, I, it's different. I don't think it's like enough to like. It, it's not like distracting in any way. It's a it, to me. It's like because it, the lines aren't really bold or anything like that. But you, it's like oh man, that's kind of cool. Like it's different, so I like it. Uh, number yeah, exactly. Two, number two, Croatia. I mean, who doesn't love a Croatian jersey? I mean, I mean the Croatian one. It's it's see that's the thing with Croatia. Oh man, are you about to like hate on Croatia? No, 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 no. Yeah. Like that one can get away with being the checkerboard same for so yeah the checkerboard because it's that's what it's known for. You know, there's no stripes. It's just literally that, the checkerboard. I, I completely like, agree. Like they're the ones that like they can do it every year because that's what you expect them to do. You don't see. You don't it's see like it's like a, it's like it. it's like with Peru. Like you always expect them to have that red stripe across the chest. Like vertically yeah. across the chest, so like yeah. that's why that's how I feel with Croatia. Like for them, and it's like they'll do something different. <laughs> they'll, they'll probably put like one design. Bless they'll, you. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll do like a little design. Like, uh, like in the in the world in the twenty eighteen World Cup, they had like the the zigzag, like the zigzag at the ends of the of the of the checkerboards. So oh, I mean, yeah. so I mean, no, yeah. So but you always expect a checkerboard, but yeah, good choice for Spencer. And number one, England. This is the prime example where less is more. England, you know you're, what you're going to get from England. You're going to get a white, with the white jersey. jersey with the with the what is it? The three dragons or the three, three lions? The, the three lions. I was yeah. like dragons. It looks like a dragon to me because of the, the way the length. But anyways, is. and then I like the throwback look because they're having the 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 badge in the middle of the jersey, kind of yeah. like a a throwback to like you know the. The later, the the earlier years of of England, not not only that, but just the earlier years in general. Because I mean, having the badge in the middle was actually something very common. Um, Yeah. 
in, in the international game. So I like, I like England and I even like their, their road jersey. I, I like that. It's, it's different. Like I, I like when teams like, okay, we'll be traditional with our, with this jersey, but we'll go a little bit different on the other one. So I do like that. Um, see, that's, that's how you can get away with it every single time. And it, it, it never fails. It never fails. But yeah, so number one, England, I completely agree. Um, even though I don't have my three up. So here's my three up. So let me reiterate Spencer's. Uh, number three, North Macedonia. Number two, Croatia. And number one, England. Nice. My three up is at number three, I have Italy's away. Oh, okay. So well, that, you've always been an Italy fan. You always, I mean, well, I I mean think you've always liked their jerseys. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's very you know you expect it, but I I like the look. It, it's it's different. Um, even though I think right now it's like it's a template for Puma jerseys. I think you're seeing a lot of Pumas with a similar look. But I, I I like I you know like I said same thing with Italy. Like you always know you're gonna have a blue jersey, and then the the away jersey. I like it because it's different. It could be very plain as well, but I think it works for them. So yeah. n- number three, Italy's away. Number two is Finland's home jersey. So I really did Ooh, like okay. I, I really do like Finland's uh, jersey. Like I mean, it looks like the flag of Finland, so I did like it. So I, that's why. Uh, you mean the one with the cross? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, number number two is Finland's home, and <laughs> number one, <laughs> so, uh, Slovakia's away jersey. Wow, really? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I I like, I, it. like it. I mean, this is a template jersey, but. I like it. I like the look. I think it's it's different. It, it, you know what? It works with Slovakia because they wear the blue jerseys. So I mean, I like it. I personally like it. I know that you said your whole piece on on the Slovakian jersey, but I like yeah. it. I, I like it personally. I like it. And like this is the thing that we mentioned on our group chat was like it's going to be interesting to see like our similarities with taste in jerseys, and then like what makes us di- our differences with the jerseys because. I would cop the Slovakian jersey, even though you wouldn't. Uh, but, I wouldn't uh, but yeah, so my three up once again is Italy's away, Finland's home, and Slovakia's away jersey. All right, all right. So here's my three up. My three up is number three is France home jersey. I mean, that one just looks classic to me. Um, I just it just looks really nice that blue you know that blue stripe kind of kind of like like it has that blue but it also looks like it has like a little little darker blue stripes in the middle I mean it just it just it's just a nice I really like it like that one's really it's really cool so yeah I mean I don't know what you think about the France jersey it just looks very similar to the France we all know, you know? Uh, yeah I, I I think the reason why I didn't really pick France at all. I mean, I love France's jersey and the same kind kind of like the same thing. Like you you get what you expect with a French jersey. Um but I mean it it you know like I mean I like them but obviously not I don't I don't think I would put them on a, in, in my top three. So okay. All right. So my number two is actually the Germany away jersey. That all black the, the black blackout yeah with the blackout symbol man that's uh, it looks badass to me. Like, no, I, I, do, I do know that the Bundesliga came out with a some blackout jerseys. And I think specifically the Puma. Um, 
German teams, the Bundesliga, because I know Dortmund had one, um, and I believe, yeah, I do believe Dortmund had one. Borussia Mönchengladbach as well. So I, I think, actually wanted the Dortmund one, but I don't think it was on sale at the time. No, those are like exclusive. Like those are going to be like very rare jerseys to have, and if you do have one in your collection, it's going to be um, definitely going to be one worth of value. But um, I know, but I can find it. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so like I think the German national team they saw that and saw how how well it it was it was received, and I guess Adidas decided to hop on on that for for the like copy the Bundesliga a little bit and, and do a blackout with the German national team jersey. And I mean, like, there's some teams that maybe they shouldn't be doing that, but I think Germany like just hit it out of the park. I think it was really it's really nice. It's clean. Um, you know, kind of what you expect from Germany. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's my that's my number my number my two. two. I'm sorry, and then number one again with the blackout, the Netherlands, the away jersey, the black one. It just has the black one. It, it, it it's really cool. Like I like that blackout, but but honestly, it's like the trimming, that orange trim. It, it's it reminds me a little bit of how Dynamo's jersey used to be, you know, with the black, with the little black trimming, with the little orange trims. I actually like that one. You know, that one's actually pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, because so, I, mean, yeah, I mean, right now, the Dynamo's black jersey that they have is the one from last year, the one with the yeah. fat three stripes on the shoulder. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I guess. It's, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I I like it. I really I, I like it. It's it's pretty pretty badass. Um, so to reiterate, my number three is France, the home jersey, the all blue one. Number two is Germany jersey, the away one, the all black one with the little trims of the German colors on the side on the on the sleeves. And number one is Netherlands, the all blackout jersey with the orange trims on the side, on the uh, sleeves and the shoulders, you know, it, it, it just looks nice. All right. All right. So, um, that is, that is our three up three down next week's three up three down is also going to be the, uh, a Jersey one, which is going to be for the Copa America. I mean, we're in the tournaments. So we might as well, you know, do some, do some things here. So like I said, three up three down is a very generic topic. It's, you know, usually, I think we try to avoid soccer just because, you know, we just spent this whole time talking about soccer. But I mean, yeah. for this, I think it would be, it's an interesting thing to see. We'll pro- I think that we'll do three up, three downs, Jersey version, jer- Jersey editions, whenever like, like the English Premier League season kicks off, we'll, we'll, we'll give y'all our three up, three down on their Jersey. Same thing with everything else. So I think we'll do that with that. We might, we might, you know, especially cause yeah, we can only think of so many ideas <laughs> for. For three up, three down topics. I mean, it's a very broad thing, and I mean, we could. Pretty, I think we could go the distance with that. But uh, I think when the season kicks off, we can start doing like you know, like Serie A jerseys, La Liga jerseys, uh, Liga MX jerseys, you know, MLS jerseys. We might, we might do MLS jerseys actually. You know, since they're in the season and they still, we haven't really reacted to the jerseys like that. So yeah, we might do that. Um, and so yeah, but yeah, next week Copa America. But that is the show, man. Shout out to the Unhinged Sports Network. Once again, you guys can catch us on Unhinged Sports Network. Our premieres are on Fridays at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, We are near the playoffs for the Unhinged Sports Network for Podcast of the Year. And if you guys want us to win Podcast of the Year, somehow 
beat uh, far in the bench because let's face it, those guys are are are, are on some some a whole other level on, on the on the network. But if you guys help us, we can compete. We might do something special. Uh, might try to do something for for the supporters and the listeners. So if you guys want to help us beat far on the bench, especially as we're now in the playoffs, and we would love to win podcasts of the year. Um, but yeah, so all the way to do that is by listening to us on this unhinged sports network. So you can follow them on Twitter at network unhinged. So you'd be notified when we're live and as well, check out their website, unhingedsn.com. Cause not only do they have like a great list of podcasts on there as well, but we also have a lot of blogs and I think you should definitely check that out. But also they're currently following, um, Aaron, quarterback Aaron Ellis in his journey in the Danish American Football League. It's a very cool uh, documentary series. They have they just dropped their second episode last week. Um, like I said, check it out. The stories are amazing. If you're if you just love football, but also kind of like documentary types like Last Chance You or QB One, I think this is a, a good a good documentary to follow. And it's exclusively with the Unhinged Sports Network, so I definitely highly recommend you guys check that out. Also, shout out to Alejandra Gomez at her company, ANG Graphics, for the creation of the insert name FC logo. You can follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, that's at a.g.graphics with an X. Hit her up if you guys need a logo done because she, she took good care of us. She can take good care of you. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to our MVP, our everything, our guy. Roosevelt Spencer, the producer of the show, the beat maker, are everything. Like I said, I mean, we named after our, we named our award after him. You know, the the Roosevelt Spencer Chick Fil A Player of the Year, which we can't wait to announce who that's going to be once we do our our award ceremony. Whether still not sure when we're actually going to do it. Maybe we'll do it at the end of the year. That's what we'll probably yeah. we'll do at the end of the year. We'll do our, our our award ceremony. But anyways, if you guys like our beats, if you guys like how we sound. Follow Spencer on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, it's at that guy dope. Uh, hit him up. Say that hey man, we need some beats. Like I said, man, for all you guys that are listening here that are or that want to start a podcast or start a YouTube channel, there's nothing more authentic than having your own original beat, a beat that's gonna let you know that this is the show that you're listening to. Just like you hear our beat for Instagram FC. Besides the fact that you hear me screaming Instagram FC. <laughs> you know, you know that beat is our beat. You know our outro beat is our beat. So, what are you doing? Hit up Spencer and let him create a beat for you, so you can become original as we are. But yeah, so yes, that's the show, episode forty-one. Thanks for listening. Catch us next week for episode forty-two. I mean, this is a soccer podcast, but we we under, we recognize legends as well. And I mean, episode forty-two. When you think of forty-two, who do you think of Edward? Jackie Robinson. <laughs> there you go, Jackie Robinson. So yeah, so thanks for listening and catch us next week.
Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.